The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. It's great to be with you guys today. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for listening every week. Thank you for listening to me spew. I, you know, I, I was talking to my guests off here. You know, I'm going to tell you guys the straight. I'm always going to be straight with you. And I had somebody recently tell me, a politician, uh, who I actually respect and admire and like. Uh, uh, I don't all politicians, but I do this one. And, and she actually, you know, said, you know, Jen, you've said a lot of stuff on air. I said, yeah, I have. You know, you know, and so this whole thing of we're held accountable for what we say and do. But I want to say this all with, you know, anything I say to you, it comes from my heart. I'm authentic. I may go, oops, I shouldn't have maybe said that once I have more information. Um, we adjust. We must. Because intel impacts our actions, our thinking, our doing, and, and our results. So you better be aware of what's incoming on Intel and, and then be able to modify accordingly or back up your position based on what you still know and now new, new information that you've learned. So all that being said, you know, I also want to set the tone for today's show that integrity always matters to me. And we're all imperfect beings. There is no one human being, I don't care who you are, that's perfect. And we have to really keep that in mind because we hold politicians to a higher standard, frankly, than we hold ourselves. And that's really disingenuous. It's not of service to them, for sure, but it's also not of service to you and I as the recipients of their leadership if they are not given the opportunity to be human, one, and two, be able to adjust or modify their positions or apologize when they screwed up. We all screw up. So I really want everybody to take note of this today because we are in an election season. And I want to give a shout out right now to Pennsylvania. You guys have your primary this Tuesday. And you have a big decision to make. Okay? And I am 100% behind Doug Mastriano. That guy's a hero. He served our country. He still serves our country. He got into politics because he wanted to make a difference. The guy's amazing. And he stood up against the armory of people who came against him on his own party to do something called election integrity. And I will always support him for that. Because if we aren't looking after election fraud, why bother? It's a huge why bother. So we must deal with integrity. And that means within our own party, there is no excuse for being, um, what's the word I want, destructive toward people who we say we have common interests with and common goals to serve the greater good, which is the rest of us who aren't running for office. We've got to get out of this personality politics. It's disgusting. There's not one leader I know who hasn't screwed up, including me. So 
you have an opportunity to be discerning, and you must, about who you choose, whether it's Pennsylvania or it's here in Maryland or across the country, whoever's listening. So we really appreciate that we have this opportunity to make this difference because I want to constantly true up to that one ideal, which is we must operate with integrity. And we must demand that others around us operate with integrity. And we must demand that the system has integrity. And this is your time to speak up or forever hold your peace because the country is at stake. Okay? So that's my my thoughts about that. And I want to introduce this morning Bill Folden, who's running for Senate, state Senate here in Maryland and has been somebody I've worked alongside and I'm friends with, but also, and I think Bill knows this, if I didn't like his policies and politics, I'd hang out with him, but I wouldn't vote for him. It doesn't matter to me about personality, and it doesn't matter to me about friendship. And because of that, I've lost some friends because they think I should vote according to my friendships, and I won't do that. So... We have to be principled, okay? And therefore, today's going to be a little bit of an interesting show. It could be a little tough at times because we're going to deal with some stuff that needs to be dealt with. Because our country is at stake and Maryland is at stake here. The second guest I'm going to have is Ralph Segrist. And Ralph, I just have recently gotten to know, and he's running for Central Committee. Now, I've said here in Frederick County, Maryland... I have said for years, we've got to take on Central Committee. Like, we have been asleep at the wheel letting that leadership body represent us, decide for us, determine our future, and hold us, I'm going to say it, hostage to their decisions. And, you know, somebody like me is, like, against the party now because I don't comport with their their Central Committee, you know— Inner politics. I don't care. That's not why you're there. You need to get you out of the way if you're going to serve the people. I'm going to say that again. You need to get you out of the way if you're going to serve the people. Mm-hmm. That's inclu- that includes a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, and a politician. you got to get you out of the way. No one cares. They don't care about you. Unless, of course, they're your best friend and they want you to win because they're, you're, you, you'll be the first governor who's a woman. I'm just going to say it. That's not a reason to vote for somebody. you got to vote on policy. you got to vote on who is the best leader to navigate these treacherous waters we're in. And, and this is a time of defining ourselves. And every man and woman who can vote needs to stand up and and participate fully in the process. And if you see something, you need to say something. When you're at the ballot boxes, take pictures, take Mm -hmm. videos, take images. Document everything in this election process. Because your video, your photos may save our country. And I'm not kidding when I say that. It's that serious. So... Welcome, Ralph. Welcome, Bill. It's great to have you guys here. So let's start with, um, I think, Ralph, what would be a good, since we just finished kind of ranting about Central Committee, why don't you give us an idea of what your perception of what you believe the Central Committee serves 
as a, what's our purpose with that central committee? Why does it exist? That's a good question. The central committee, and I've been on central committee in Minnesota, and I've been on central committee in Pennsylvania. The purpose of the central committee is to be the eyes and ears and brains of the party in the county. They're supposed to be looking out for everybody. They're supposed to be looking forward. Not today, not tomorrow, but in the long range. So one of the things that they do is they're a fundraiser. They're a fundraising unit. They don't raise funds for specific individuals. They raise funds for the party so the party can do things to promote both the party platform, to get out the vote, to run training, and to find candidates. And those other four things are the other things that they're responsible for. They're responsible for getting out into the public, meeting people. Meet people, hand out voter registration forms, talk to them, express to them the importance of their vote and why they need to vote. The next thing they need to do is they need to talk to those people and find people who are qualified and should be qualified and may be qualified and may be interested in running for office. They should have a list of every office that's available, what its requirements are, what those people need to have coming into the job, and to go find dedicated individuals that could actually fill that position. And then they need to get that word out. They've got to get the word out to everybody. The next thing they have to do is training. Training is incredibly important. And I can go train any candidate. That's not a problem. But I can teach them how to campaign, where to campaign. I've been a campaign manager. I was campaign manager for a senator up in Minnesota. Covered a lot of territory. State or U.S.? U.S. Okay. So it's, it's tough when you're trying to schedule uh, activities in every single county of a state to make sure that that voice is heard and that face is seen across the state. It's a lot easier to do when you're county level. And a lot of times what will happen is, is you will coordinate with the, the central committee of each county to set up those, those meetings and those, those organizations. Well, if that central committee isn't, isn't – if they're AWOL, you're not going to get any support. They're not going to be there. Or they're not even going to know where to go, who to meet, when to meet. Or who the primary contacts are. Or if are. they've already decided they favor a particular candidate and yours isn't it. No, that's that, a very good point. Because central they're committee, not going to give you support. And we have seen that here in Frederick County. Right. And that's, that's a serious no-no. Because until the primary, they are all valid. Everybody is valid and everybody is treated that's equally. That's our vetting process. It's so important. Well, let me get to the vetting process good. here in a moment. Right. The second most important piece of training is you have to train the treasurers and the candidate about the legal ramifications of proper fiscal responsibility. And it's, it's tricky. The, it is tricky. And there's a lot of curves and weaves in the frickin law. And it's really, really difficult to navigate if you've never done this before. Now, if you've been like a church secretary or a church treasurer, then you know a lot of those laws because a lot of those nonprofit laws apply. So that minefield has already been laid out and you've already walked it once. But walking it the first time as a treasurer for a candidate is really, really tough. So that's that that's really, really critical. The last thing, and it's it's actually on my business card, and that is vetting the candidates. Right? We have a very bad habit of finding people who step up to the plate and we don't vet them. 
We don't realize that they're a rhino until they're already in office and you see what their voting record is or how they speak on the platform. And you go, wait a minute. That's not the guy I think I voted for. I actually have a 23 questionnaire that I use for everybody that I'm vetting. And I start through the questionnaire and I usually get a pretty good understanding by the time I hit 15 where this is going. But I always drive it to the end because I want to hear everything they're going to say. Now, it's not something I make public. Okay, Good. The yeah. Central Committee should never make that public. Yeah, that should be a, a private process. It We're is. going to take a quick break. And I think it's important to remember this, this notion of vetting because – it's really a big deal when somebody says, I'd like to run for office. And we want to encourage people. We really mm-hmm. do. But you have to know who they are mm-hmm. politically. Not who you hang out with and have a beer or wine with or a Coca-Cola. But who are they really politically? You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen. And we have today Ralph Segris, who's running for Central Committee and brings a wealth of experience from other states, which I love because we can learn from the different ways people do things. And each of the political climates are different. Uh, so that's helpful. Although I would say the two states you mentioned it was Pennsylvania and what? Michigan? No, no, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota may be a little bit different. Pennsylvania and Maryland are fairly similar. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting for, for my Pennsylvania folks, you know, they talk about um, that really Pennsylvania is turning, turning red. But for so many years, I think it was perceived as a blue state. And Maryland, uh, well, we're just confused right now. But uh, we're, we're going to sort that out. Um, I want to bring in Bill Folden and... You know, Bill, you've been around politics for a while. Um, and by the way, both of you have served in the military, correct? Mm-hmm. That's so correct. I want to thank you both for your service as we come upon Memorial Day. And we recognize all the people who who have served, who do serve, and who will serve. We appreciate you all so much. And um, it is not something I could ever do. And I'm so grateful that you guys uh, and gals do it. Um, Bill, what are your thoughts about Central Committee? As somebody who's running, what do you expect from somebody as a central committee uh, from central committee as a candidate i mean obviously you know you want to have somebody that has a passion a drive for the party for um a vision for where the way the party is to move forward and that they can have a cohesive work um, mentality to be able to create that buy-in from not only their committee members but from the community that we serve um, so, you know, who do they represent in your mind? The Central Committee, who do they work for? They work for the voters of the Republican voters of Frederick County. Right. So they don't work for themselves and their fellow people who want to get elected. No, they're they're kind of like your um, I mean, somebody a long time ago gave me a great analogy. And he said, you know, the Central Committee is kind of like they're the, they're the people sitting on the sidelines waiting to come into the game. And their job is to keep the team ready to go and win at all times. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And, and I, they and don't I, work for the state, and thus they don't work for the league. Got that. If you want to apply that right, right. game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that um, we have for many years operated inconsistent with that, mm-hmm. that it has been about getting our buddies elected or, you know, um, and, and and listen, I'm, the Central Committee is going to tear me up, but— 
there are there are people who operate consistent with the mission and there are people who don't. Okay, it's not across the board. And you know, your job as the voter is to discern in your area. If you're listening in Howard County or you're down in um, Berkeley, West Virginia, because I know you guys are listening, and, and Southern PA, you guys got to know your central committee. Know thy candidates. And here's my first question I asked Ralph, isn't it? I said, where do you stand on America First policies? Mm-hmm. Was that my question? That's correct. And what did you say? America is always first. I served for 28 years in the Army. I served for my country. I didn't serve for Europe. I didn't serve for industry. I served for my country. That was my oath. That's so moving to me. I mean, it absolutely brings tears to my eyes because we have so lost track of that. I mean, right now, babies in our country don't have access to formula because of what O'Biden has done. And our border has, is a, like Swiss cheese mm-hmm. or chicken wire with people coming through. Mm-hmm. And our own people aren't being served. That's outrageous. That's third world country. That is not the great United States of America that I was taught to love. So America first, in my view, and I say this to all our listeners, and you can take it or leave it, America first must be the primary metric by which we measure people mm-hmm. for office. You must be America first or don't bother. That's a strong statement. Mm-hmm. And I stand by it. And somebody can come out and create a little website against me and say how Jen trashed this and Jen trashed that about uh, immigrants. No, let me remind you, my mother's an immigrant. I grew up listening to a second language in my household. I know what it's like. Okay? So it's still America first, regardless. Well, and quite honestly, Jen, that's why we are encouraged and as elected leaders in the community, in the state, in the country, that you have to take an oath of office. And mm-hmm. part of that oath of office is a segment from the Constitution, whether it's from the state or your local charter or from the United States. And, you know, that you protect the country, you'll, you know, against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will enforce the laws that we have, which is, this is where I have a problem with some of the the mm-hmm. shift, if you will, in the political arena is that these people get elected and they feel like their their opportunity is is that they don't have to enforce certain laws. These laws are written down. You, you don't, don't have get the to opp- pick and choose. You don't get to pick and choose which right. ones. And that right. structure and discipline is something that we are really, really missing. And we're seeing it in our communities. We're seeing it in our schools. You know, kids will thrive with structure and discipline. I've seen it as a youth football yes. coach, a basketball coach. We they all need that. thrive. And it, and it encourages that mentality of, you know, America first, it encourages the mentality of success, being driven for something greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. It's an idea that, you know, a military buy-in that, you know, it's, you're as good as the team around you, That's right. but we don't celebrate mediocrity. The g- objective is to win you know what's important now moving forward but in the same ideology is being the best because the first time they're learning these people learning about 
competition is after they've put $100,000 in debt going through college, and then they go to apply for a job. And if they're not the best candidate, they're not getting the job. And we're seeing that come time and time again. And we're seeing that with mental health issues, with substance abuse issues well, in the community. Well, when you and it feel all... mediocre, you don't go out to be your best. You 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 Correct. already are self-deflated because you've kind of bought into some agreement that it's okay to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. And and right. it's, it's absolutely nonsense because when you don't perform well, that's reflected. I mean, look at... Boy, that's a whole nother show. But but let let's talk yeah, about um, there's another piece of this is America first and it's Maryland first. Marylanders first. Our job and in Pennsylvania, it's Pennsylvania first. And in West Virginia, it's West Virginia first. Should be. It should be. Now can we all work together? Hopefully. You know, hopefully Doug Mastriano wins governor of Pennsylvania and Dan Cox wins governor of Maryland. And I'm really excited about that because they're going to work well together across the region. And you have to have that collaboration. But when you look at the state of Maryland, and this is, we're going to take this up in the next show. So I'm just going to point to something and then we'll deal with it in another show in an economics-based conversation. But Maryland just gave a bunch of money, I believe, to Ukraine. So when you look at what's going on, okay, We've got our own infrastructure issues. My God, they can't figure out 270. I mean, good grief. So, I mean, you know, give me a pen and paper. I'd have had it done. So, so, you know, they, we are so off track of Maryland first and America first. Uh, in, at the, and it's really become about the politician first. Mm-hmm. There's no accident. There's no, there's no, uh, and we're going to go to a break and I'll leave you on this lovely note that uh, there's no I've, I've not been um, quiet about the fact that I don't support Hogan policies because Hogan's policies are Hogan first. They're not Maryland first. They're about Hogan and his next gig, not this one. So the policies have hurt Marylanders. We must be Maryland first. That's it. There is no compromise on that. In Pennsylvania, you've got to be Pennsylvania first. And then when we're vying for the, the new Amazon gig or, or the new plant for whatever, you're going to go up against our policies and we're going to go up against yours. And by the way, Maryland corporate taxes better be addressed because we're not competitive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not Maryland first. And you can't and – and one more thing, and then I'm sorry, Ralph, you're going to hold that thought to when we come back <laughs> from the break. I said to a friend of mine in human services who was a huge Democrat – And I said to her, I said, you know what? We can always agree on one thing. She said, what is that, Jen? I can't imagine. I said, there will never be enough money. There will never be enough money to serve all the needs of the people. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens. Uh, Stop by Sweeties on the Creek today. We've got fresh made ice cream. The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Free Talk, 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Bill Folden, who's a candidate for state senate, and Ralph Segrist, who's a candidate for central committee. And, you know, when we look at these federal, they were just uh, talking with me off air about the contributions that Maryland has made to Ukraine. And, um, you know, one thing to distinguish is stuff is money. 
if you're given stuff, that's those are resources that we're giving. You know, money is not the only resource. So giving supplies is, is noble and all of that. Uh, but, you know, when we look at the federal dollars, and we're going to do another show on this because we really need to look at the federal the economics of the Fed and its impact on us locally at the state level uh, and m- even municipalities, but mostly at the state level. So we'll, we'll do a show on that. I'll, I'll reach out to Heritage Foundation, who we just adore. But, Ralph, you had something you wanted to say about the federal um, uh, finances and so forth. Well, what I wanted to stress was the fact that you said that each state should be centered on itself. That's why we have a federation that's why we have states. That's why the Constitution is written the way it was, is because back then our forefathers knew that states need to be centered on themselves. They are local. They are regional. They have local and regional issues, problems, and ch- challenges. And that's the way we're built. For Maryland to not be focused on Maryland is absolutely against the way a freedom country is designed and built. That's also why we have counties. And that's why I'm running for Central Committee of Frederick County. And I'm not going at the state level. And I don't want to talk about the state level, folks. But the job is to focus on the county because that's where the local issues are. And if Maryland is not focused on Maryland, Maryland's not doing the right thing. They're not taking care of their own people. Well, and I've often said, as somebody who, I mean, I spent many years in human services and nonprofit and so forth, the federal issues, people used to say, well, that's a federal issue. Federal issues are local issues. When the Fed stop, starts uh, doing what they've done on the food supply, it becomes very local when you can't get formula. So, and you need it for your little baby. That's heartbreaking. So, um, Bill, I want to talk about um, there's been an, a situation that arose in your um, process of campaigning. And um, and I, I want to clarify something because um, I know that your, your opponent, Stephen Barrett, uh, like Stephen, liked him. You know, there was not – it's not a personality thing for me. I endorsed you. Because of your experience and what you bring. Now, there's some challenges to your um, campaign that I want to address because, frankly, I have a concern about it. And if I have a concern about it, some other people are going to have a concern about it. And my job is to be authentic with my listeners. And, you know, I'll, I'll say to people that I've said that I've trained, you know, I don't care if you like me. I'm here to make a difference. <laughs> so, Bill, the first question I have for you that some people have brought up as a concern about your candidacy. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I don't care what the answer is. May the best man or woman win who's going to serve the people mm-hmm. and not themselves. Mm-hmm. That's where I come from. Okay. Mm-hmm. So some people have had a concern that you took a knee during the Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that? Sure. Why did you do it? And would you do it again? Sure. So I, I'm a firm believer in that character is, uh, you know, characters never truly defined until we can say we're all these great things until the moment that everything you've said you're about, how do you respond to that? That's right. your definition of character is yes. do you still pull through and do those things that you've spoken about or do you falter? 
provide, which means do you fail to provide? And I've spoken about this with Bob Miller. I've spoken about it uh, with uh, Ryan. I've spoken about it with others. Um, and I'll continue to stand by that you know, a couple years ago, all the, the riots that were happening, um, the attacks, the all-out assault on law enforcement, the way that police, even still today in some circles, are being just villainized. Mm-hmm. These are wholly inappropriate and unacceptable. These are people that are trying to do you know, the best they can to provide for their families, to provide for the community they serve a better tomorrow. In a lot of ways, they're para, you know, it's a paramilitary organization. They're trying to keep our homes and our homeland safe Yes, domestically. So um, you know that I'm active in youth football. I ran a youth football cheerleading lacrosse league out in the western part of the county. I coached for almost 15 years. Um, I've made a lot of contacts through my walks as a police officer in downtown, as well as kids that I um, coach. And I think that was really reflective even last night because there were still kids that I coached that showed up last night to the the fundraiser I had. Um, And, you know, it's just like it's no different than, you know, I talk about abolishing critical race theory in our schools. There's no one person. No one should ever apologize for the race or, or the color that they are. Right. However, we're all one white, race. black, yeah. brown. We're we, all we're humans. All, but but this is we're the human race. Right. We're one race. We're one race. That, that's we're all organically different in our own right. But mm-hmm. we're one race. We're the human race. So I, I get there's a lot. So, of But I that, asked you and I'm, what, I'm going okay, to that. OK, good. so this is what I've taught. I'm a teacher in my walk of life as a coach and as a police officer. So when I'm telling these young kids of all these different backgrounds to not grab a gun, to not grab steel, when they're a moment of need, they need to call the police. And I have young men looking at me, young boys looking at me who are like, but coach, I don't trust cops. Now, did have you ever had somebody call you? Yeah. When, and when I, they and, were in a moment of need rather yes, than? And, and this is where this leads into. Okay. So in, tell, tell in, us that story. In all this chaos of these riots in town, during there's 500 people yeah. there and there's 200 a phalanx of officers there's 200 officers there yeah it was a mess next to lieutenant alcorn god rest his soul who just passed away last year mm. uh, and i've already worked 14 hours that day and i hear somebody yelling my name and throwing their hand up in the air amongst all this noise and i'm pretty deaf but i hear this and i'm like surely this is not happening like nobody's calling me and i see him looking at me and he's waving like waving me over and i looked at my lieutenant i was like he goes, you know those boys? I was like, yes, sir. I said, can I go up and talk to those boys? I said, I've coached them. I've known them from walking in town. Um, I can, I think I can get this. I think I can get them to take these people away from here. Like, this will be done. So there was a raucous, and they were involved. There was like They're, 500 people. Got, they were there. There was a lot. of. It was a powder keg situation looking for a spark to just explode. Yeah. Right. Um, so he was like, if you think you can do that, Tamp go ahead it and down. have a talk to them. Yep. And he goes, do you need somebody to go with you? And I remember laughing at him. And I was like, no, they're not going to hurt me. Like, but that was the mentality of people like, you need somebody to go with you to protect. No, they're not going to hurt me. I've I've known these boys. Yeah. I go up there, Marcus and uh, Kevon, and and I start talking to them. I'm like, you got to get these people out of here, young man. This is not going to go well. You're not going out on 70. Get them out of here. And, you know, he's like about, hey, you know, coach, I'm scared. And I'm like, we're all scared. You need to get these kids out of here. This is not going to end well. It ends here tonight. You go back in the city, they'll let you walk around. You're not going out on the highway. You're not going to go across the bridge here. This ends here. So get these people out of here. Get them safe. You're a leader. And uh, he's he looks at me and he's like, 
I can't get him to go. I was like, I've seen you. I've talked to you. I know you're a leader. You can make this happen. And he goes, will you take a moment of prayer with me? I was like, Marcus, you get these people out of here, I'll take that moment of prayer with you. That's not a problem. So in the middle of all that, and there's a very well-known picture of Marcus and I, and you can see in the picture. Now, you can twist you can, yeah. a, a picture's worth a thousand words, yep. but you can take those thousand words and you can spin them however you want, whatever narrative you want to achieve. What happened in that moment is Marcus and I went down, took that moment of prayer, and you can see me. Basically, he almost looks like he's shell-shocked. He's in a lot of personal distress over everything that's happening. And I'm looking at him, and you can see the intensity, and I'm like, you know, we had our moment of prayer. Now get him out of here. You gave me your word to a man. Get him out of here, young man. Keep them safe. And Marcus got up. Now, I'll say that that's my moment of defining moment of, of my character in my life, one of the defining moments I've had throughout my military and everything. That was a very difficult time. But I'm proud of the way I handled that, and I would mm-hmm. do the same thing again for those boys because that's what I've told them. In their moment of need, call me. Mm-hmm. And if I, if you trust me, I'm a police officer. They're like, we don't trust cops. I'm like, you so trust me, don't you? So that's your stand that is so powerful with the kids that they respect. Correct. Absolutely. I said, in your moment of need, then call me. I'm a police officer. Yes, sir. They're still saying, sir. They're still talking to me in a matter of years. So past. I want to clarify something. Is that the moment when people have accused you of taking a knee? Yeah, yeah that's there's Got my that. opponent. So you were in a that. moment of prayer. My, Yes, my mo- my opponent is making that as though I'm a BLM apologist. I'm not a BLM apologist. Yeah, I am a person that took a, someone I knew in the community that was calling for me in their moment of need, like we've talked about repeatedly before, and I went to that young man. Human being that. to human being. Mm-hmm. See, it this doesn't is, matter this about is what race. gets lost. It doesn't matter about or, or color. I mean, we're all one race. Marcus reached out to me. Yeah. What I have to go home at the end of that day. What type of person or leader or coach am I to tell all these boys through the years that this is how they're to handle things? And if I falter in their moment or turn your back on them or turn your right, then I'm turning. That's what I'm saying. Then I'm turning my back on them. And that's wholly unacceptable. I got it. I I, I got that. I, I appreciate the clarification because, listen, I just want to finish and say, though, Jen, Marcus got up and he almost faltered on his character and he looked at me and I looked at him. Across, like we a were moment now, like, of truth, a moment of truth, and I looked at him, and he's looking at me, and he's walking up and down, and he's not moving anybody, and I was like, and I lipped to him, I was like, "You gave me your word," and he shook his head, and he's like, "Yes, sir," and he started pulling young people away, good by for their him. collars, good for him. Marcus and Kevin, those young men, single-handedly defused a very much a pressure cooker situation and kept those kids safe, and I don't want to see police officers losing their jobs because the news helicopter's overhead right. and these kids are taunting them or something happens and something goes off and now you've got police officers being indicted yeah. or oh, losing their terrible. jobs and the way they provide or the family, kids could have gotten or the hurt. kids getting hurt right yeah. this is not the it's way a, it was is supposed to be so i want to i want to say thank you for taking the time to clarify that and you know um this is where I'm calling on our Republican candidates to operate with integrity. Yes. To operate inside, (coughs) excuse me, my choking, inside a moment of reckoning that we have to be authentic. 
you can't win for the sake of winning and screw the results and screw the impact. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen. I had a little... (laughs) little asthma attack there. That was interesting. Uh, but at any rate, uh, yeah, tis the season for seasonal allergies. Listen, I um, I want to deal next with, uh, Bill, this idea. Because I think, again, we have to deal with the attacks that become personal. And then the, yeah. some of it is relevant, right? So we want to discern between what is a personal attack yeah. to win at all cost. Versus what is legitimate concerns that voters need to understand so they can choose the right candidate to serve them. Because that's my only interest. So, Bill, could you speak to what is going on in this website that's been put out yeah, in your name? And, sure. I, and I think that it's, it's incredibly suspect to have a candidate or somebody associated with a campaign put out a name URL under their opposing candidate. Could you speak to that? Sure. Uh, So it's just, this is the unscrupulous tactics that are being done by some in our community that are, it's never about what they bring to the table, what their platforms are, how they're going to do things, make things better for us, how they're going to continue to serve. I've committed my life. I have a lifetime of service. I went in the military when I was 17. I served our country. Uh, I'm proud of my service record. I was a U.S. Army sniper, um, so obviously I can work independently or I can work as a member of a team. Uh, and, and I've been a police officer in Frederick County or Frederick City for nearly 30 years. I've been a coach in our community. I've created buy-in through my efforts and how I, hand, and how I approach people. When your opponent comes at you and everything is personal, they're not arguing, I would love to have a debate. I can argue. I would be more than happy to debate the points, to debate the different things on my platform, the widening of I-270, the ab- abolishing of critical race theory in our schools, the abolishing of the K through 3 uh, sexual identity orientation thing that's a difficult discussion for adults, let alone children who should be playing <laughs> with the blocks and coloring and enjoying and their, their young years without being having their mind filtered with these things, uh, protecting our constitutional rights. You know, and doing what we can for post-business or post-COVID small business type things that are meaningful to the backbone of our community. All these small business owners that were impacted. These are the things I'm happy to debate. My opponent wants to come at me with a, you know, they have an illegal website out. It's being investigated by the State Board of Elections where they take these, uh, they've asked for my internal investigation files, which is very unscrupulous. Um, you know, if you want to debate the issues with me, you want to debate, you want to, come at me about my voting history, um, how I, who I am in the community, by all means. But when they start coming after your job, the way I provide for my family, the way I've been with the community, it's no longer about, hey, I'm better than this guy because of these policies that I believe in or that I approve of or endorse. It's now become a matter of, well, yeah, he's done these things, but you know what? I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't vote for him because I'm going to make up all this stuff mm-hmm. and there's only one other person left to vote for, and that's me. That that's that's not a very that's not a successful. That should never be anybody's business model, and that certainly should never be uh, anyone's campaign uh, azimuth as they become try to make the tip of the spear in guiding a recovery for the state of Maryland and our community. 
That's so, your job. Yeah, Bill, let me ask you this. So if we focus on the Central Committee, should that not be their responsibility to set up those debates so yeah, that they're public and they're open yep. and people can hear both voices? Sure, that's a, that's a function of that. And then we have other people that would – yes, that, that is definitely something that we should be doing and hosting so that when there's these contested races, yes. we get the opportunity to attend hear these opinions, hear what they bring to the table, and we can make an informed decision by voters. Absolutely. Again, not making it a popularity contest or not making it right. uh, anything other than the issues and what we bring to the table. And, you right. know, Sheriff Jenkins, he's made that comment repeatedly, and, and mm-hmm. I respect that comment that he makes about, you know, let's not make this personal. Let's make it about the policies, about the issues, and what best serves our constituents. If you can stay focused on that, that's a successful winning mentality. As and I mean, that's kind of simplifying it down. He's much he goes much more in detail about those things. But if we can remain focused on those things, then you're giving people a legitimate, genuine, you know, response instead of making it personal and making personal attacks, which is it's really tacky and unnecessary. It, yeah, it's it's sophomoric. I mean, let's be let's yeah, be straightforward about it, right? And if Central Committee is doing their job, there should be a voter card out there sent out to every Republican that says, this is where Stephen sits. These are his positions. This is where Bill sits, and these are his positions. Well, so when is, they go to the primary, that, they have something in their hand. But let me take this one step further as far as this race between my opponent and I. Not only do we have these issues, but he filed an internal affairs complaint against me at my employer for something that has nothing Ouch. to do with my employment. It, I don't think it gets much worse than that no. because now he's trying to silence me by filing a complaint against me at my employer for what? Is this well, not this has woke nothing to tactics? Do with my employment. This is very much those type of tactics. And it's very it should be unsettling to anyone that's listening Everybody. that this is how we resort to going after someone's employment unethically because that's his next step of, of his, you yeah. know, burn, you know, but fire to the I think it's unethical mentality. that any person tries to promote themselves higher by destroying the other yeah, person. Correct. If you Listen, want to promote you yourself it. higher, you have to promote yourself and your ethics and not go after the other individual. Well, and, and more important, I agree. And what are what are your merits? What do you bring Correct. Okay. Rather than spending energy, which is toxic, to destroy another, bring what you bring. Mm-hmm. Bring it forward and let mm-hmm. people discuss it. One of the things I want to just say is that your experience is why I chose you. Your experience. And one thing I, I want to just deal with, and we're coming up on the end of the show, but I want to give you an opportunity just briefly. You know, I imagine as a police officer, like that moment on the bridge with Marcus, there's a there's a moment where things can go one way or the other. Yes. And you live that line every day as an officer. Yes. And I appreciate that. And our military people as well. At any moment, things can go incredibly south. And living with that kind of, um, you know, I think it's, if somebody's standing outside of the police force or military and judging activity that might come or personality that might come with being someone who can live in that moment of any, any moment it can go south, 
judging somebody and saying, well, you've, you've got a temper or, or, or you know, the, the, there's an incident with the Starbucks, whatever. It's like, you know what? I walk around without a mask in defiance. I mean, you're kidding me? Uh, that's, that's, you know, we had a governor who was fining people and arresting people because they were noncompliant with his Nazi yep. policies. Concur. Now, who is, who is wrong here? <laughs> somebody who says, I'm not su- succumbing to that versus somebody who says, you know what? I'm just going to do what I'm told. And then you watch your country and your state disintegrating before your very eyes. So I just want to wrap up by saying thank you guys for your service. Thank you for running for office. Ralph, you have my complete support. I, I, I want you to win. I want you to become the head of the Central Committee. I think you bring leadership and knowledge and experience that would be amazing. And if you're going to build a team, go do that with the other candidates. We're going to look at the other candidates on the Central Committee and consider. You need to. Because they're either America first or they're Hogan first. That's the distinction right now here. Guys, you got to distinguish America first or Hogan first. And the Hogan first policies are very clear. His, his, his groupies, it's very clear who they are. <laughs> okay? So we have to make sure that we're willing to be straight about what's really going on. So thank you guys for being here. It's been wonderful to have you on Success Happens. Everybody have a great week. Listen, next Saturday morning, 9 a.m. on Free Talk 930 WFMD. News Radio 9. 9-